This is the Ad Hero Podcast, the podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, Ad Symbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ad Hero Podcast. Right here on Ad Symbol. My name is Gio Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Olivieri. And we have got a very exciting and special program for you on our two-month hiatus. That's right. This is episode 45 coming at you. We're calling this one the big movie comeback. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, This special, we're going to be diving into Black Widow as Matthew and I went to the worldwide premiere this past Thursday. Finally, finally back in the theaters. Man, that was so much fun. I miss the movie theaters, man. Me too. I love going to the movie theaters every time, especially for a Marvel movie. That's right. Uh, we should probably maybe give some some background uh, why we had a two month hiatus. Yes. I think our listening audience deserves that. Real quick, yeah. Uh, so just we won't we won't go too deep into it. <laughs> uh, but you know, basically, since the um, pandemic is kind of coming, taking a turn here, the vaccines out, people are getting back out, kind of getting back to life, so to speak, or the way things were pre pandemic. Uh, here at Adsemble which is the parent company that financially supports and backs the Ad Hero podcast. We have been doing a tremendous amount of customer support, helping customers that have been coming back to us. So things have just been a little bit crazy here. And in that process, we've been kind of evaluating um, just workflows and standard operating procedures and just ways that we can optimize um, the company's business to basically handle more customers um, that have been coming through. Um, so that's just been consuming a huge amount of time. And, you know, when we put these episodes together, um, and many of you who are loyal fans of the show know that the executive producer of the show, Gino Giovanni, my co-host right here, uh, he puts a tremendous amount of time into the planning of these episodes, uh, the pre-planning, you know, kind of writing out the script, what we're going to be talking about, organizing guests, you name it. Um, and, and so anyways, just in, I guess you could say, uh, it's been kind of a good thing to just make sure that we came out of the gate here with a really strong episode to kind of come back after this little break. What would you say, Gino? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, no pressure. You know, we, we always want to have fun with the podcast. We didn't, we never want the podcast to be something that's like a chore or something that is, like, oh, geez, we got to record the podcast. No, we, we really enjoy this. Uh, we love putting the content out there. We love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much. Comments and, and sending us love on YouTube and um, Anchor and Spotify and all the places where you're catching this show. Uh, but we, we did miss you guys, and uh, we're excited to be back in the saddle. And, you know, what a great topic to talk about because for so many of these episodes, uh, we have been discussing the movie industry, as we often like to do. And our thoughts have always been, what is going to happen after the pandemic? 
are people going to want to go back to the theaters? And I don't know, maybe in post-production, we can splice in some of my past or some of our past comments or our thoughts on whether or not like just like some snippets, like what I like said, a, like a clip, kind of like a clip and maybe, you know, <laughs> and put, put like the date on it. You know, Matthew said this on this day, you know, something like that. It'd be kind of fun on the YouTube version, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, in any event, um, Gino and I did sneak out of uh, the office early on last Thursday to go see uh, Marvel Studios, the Black Widow. It is finally out. It was kind of like a date. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll call it a date. We'll call it a plutonic friendship date. Uh, and anyways, uh, we had a really good time. This this movie has been, uh, what, three years in the making of finally being released? Two and a half? feels like yeah. forever. It feels like they made this film years and years and years ago, and they just they kept putting it on the shelf and putting it on the shelf. And I don't know, what's some, what's some uh, context behind that, Gino? Okay. What, what, why was that on the shelf? Well, let's get into the A Block and, and dive into that. A Block it is. All right. So uh, actually, to answer your question, they uh, can start as early as five years out for these movies, believe it or not. Uh, wow. Let's, let's get into the update as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, worldwide, Black Widow is now at $158.8 million. And significantly, $60 million on top of that on Disney Plus, which costs about 30 bucks on top of the regular membership when you're a Disney Plus member. Okay, so just real quick pause. Um, for people who don't know, this movie dropped in the movie theaters, but it simultaneously dropped on Disney Plus. But not just for your standard Disney Plus subscription. You had to pay an extra $30 kicker. That's right. Just to get access to this particular film. Or did you get access to other content as well for that $30? No, it's, it's, it's just for this movie. And this is dating back to when they had Mulan. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get into that. Uh, it's called the Disney Plus Premier Access. What it is and uh, how Disney is utilizing it. As well as they're the first to come up with their own numbers and uh, tell it to the press when no one else has done that yet. For that much money, I'd rather go to the theater and get a popcorn and a soda. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only way it, it it's good, uh, I I think, is if you have like a big family, then you save like so much money, you know, but right. thirty bucks. Right. But you and I, I think tickets were like fifteen bucks each or something, something like that. Something like that, you know. And then Juno and I, our big thing here at Adsemble and and the Ad Hero Podcast is to support local. That's right. So we went to a local movie theater. It was beautiful to see all the people, local community back working. And, you know, shop local, support local. Cinelux. Cinelux. Shout out to Cinelux in Shout Campbell. out Cinelux, Campbell, California. We love you. Had a great time there. So that was fun. We did the theater. Everything was all good. Um, this, this, this movie, if I, I guess I can kind of like jump ahead real quick. It's, it's like how Marvel makes, they don't just make superhero movies. This is, to me, came across as like a spy thriller, kind of James Bond-ish if you will. With some interesting undertones. With some interesting undertones. This is, by the way, this is not for kids. I'll, I'll say that outright. This is not for kids. If you have a child like under 
12, 13 years old, I wouldn't advise bringing. Right. Take him to Luca. Take him. Is that a movie? Yeah, that is. That's a, that's a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, okay. a very popular one, I might add. Actually, it's probably on Disney Plus. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. So this movie estimated at two hundred million dollars in production, and then when you do marketing for these movies, you have to double that is like a rule of thumb. So another two hundred million dollars. So the experts are saying it could be four hundred, maybe even close to five hundred million dollars in the whole total production of this film. Uh, and then uh, if you factor in the market, well, like I already said that with the market, but like um, in the post pandemic era, the universal uh, F nine clocked in at like $500.5 million. And they did really well on their Thursday and Friday night. So as came to 80 to $90 million domestically opening weekend, uh, and the experts were projecting that this movie, Black Widow, could reach even up to $100 million, but it wow. didn't in the first weekend. Uh, well, actually, worldwide it did like $117 million, but domestically, for some reason, Hollywood is big on the domestic number itself. They, 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 of course, they want the worldwide numbers. They want China, but they really want to focus in on the domestic. Did it do well domestically? And it did. It did $80 million. But we saw after a few days that there was a 40% drop in attendance after that. So $117 million the first weekend. Good, you know, uh, for post-pandemic. You know, probably could have done better if it was, you know, non-pandemic. Right. But then you tack on the $60 million that it brought in from Disney Plus. So you're looking at like a hundred, almost 160 bucks or $160 million right in there. Um, not bad. And then it even did pretty well overseas, uh, estimated over uh, $24 million. That is uh, UK, France, Japan, Australia, Russia, Germany, South Korea, and Brazil. Oh, and Mexico as well. So it still has a ways to go. It still has a ways to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I recommend seeing it. Uh, you know, I had a good time. I think you had a good time with it. I did. It. I did. You know, uh, I guess that though it, it's... And make sure you stay all the way through the end of the credits, kids. You got to stay all the way through the end of the credits. That's just a given when it comes to Marvel movies. Like, if you don't know by now, at the end of every Marvel movie, pretty much, there's a bonus scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you just have to, you just got to wait it out through the credit. And I, I'm really glad they do that because I feel like it adds, it kind of forces you to acknowledge all the people that it went into making that film. That's true. You got to sit through those credits, see all those names. Um, they're obviously, you don't see their faces, but... Man, those credits are long. There's a lot of people going to making these movies. So kind of kind of makes you want to sit through all that and see all those names and then and then your 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 reward, if you will, is you get another bonus scene at the end. <laughs> the movie ain't over yet. The movie sometimes ain't you, over yet. Sometimes you get 2 to 5 of those bonus yeah, scenes. Yeah, you do. Like I've that. seen that before. I've seen that before. And you were a little bit you had an idea of what the bonus scene was going to be. Oh, but, I was but totally you were, wrong. But you were totally wrong. Yeah, totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, as we move along, here's some marketing for the people out there listening. In a survey by Fandango, ticket buyers wanted to see uh, th this Marvel movie. 97% are were excited for the Marvel's first film in theaters in over two years. 96% will still... Uh, was it they till the very or they, they'll stay to the very end for the credits is like what we're talking about mm -hmm. uh 93 percent were uh scarlett johansson fans mm -hmm. 81 percent will see black 
uh, widow on the biggest screen possible. 79% have been waiting for a long time for a standalone Black Widow movie. And my question to you is, are we going to see blockbuster movie numbers back to where they were pre-pandemic anytime soon? I, I think we should open that up to the listeners. I think we should ask the listening audience to give us some feedback on our YouTube channel, uh, on Spotify, on Anchor. You can even drop us a voicemail on Anchor and we'll play it on air. Uh, but what do you guys think? Um, I mean, I know personally, again, going back to, to, to previous things I've stated on this podcast, that I have been leery about wanting to go right back to the movie theater because of the comfort of my home and the safety of my home and not wanting to get COVID-19 or anything like that. You have a beautiful TV and sound. Actually. I really do. I, I invested quite a bit of money into that Ventures. experience at my, at my <laughs> home. Uh, I wanted to create a, I literally have Alexa rigged up where I can say movie night and like all the lights dim. <laughs> wow. And the popcorn starts <laughs> popping. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't do this. That would be really cool. No, um, what would be really cool is if you said like sexy time and then that stuff. Uh, <laughs> let me jot down a note to myself to make that happen. Uh, <laughs> but but when we actually got into the theater that night, um, it was a really cool experience uh, to just be back in the four walls of a movie theater. It's about yeah. half full, you think? Oh, no, I think I would say at least three quarters full. Oh. Hey, granted, that was a little bit of a smaller theater. It wasn't right. like one of those massive auditoriums, right. but even for a smaller theater, it was, I would say, at least three quarters full. And just the smell of the popcorn and seeing the smiling <laughs> smiling faces, you know, not wearing a mask, you know, anymore and all this different stuff. Um, it was really cool. Really, really appreciated that experience. Um, so... You know, in my personal opinion, are we going to see the blockbuster movie numbers coming back? Um, I think we will, but I think it'll take until probably like probably summertime of next year is probably when we're going to see, you know, the really big blockbuster films coming back. I mean, isn't isn't that when the new James Bond movie is going to come out is like summertime of like next year? Didn't that, they push that back? They did push it back. Yeah. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, the new Batman film starring, uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, the Vampire Vampire, movies. yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, man, just, yeah. I, ah, know, I, I know what you're that. talking about, yeah. Uh, Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson, that's it. I believe that's going to be coming out next year as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, that got pushed back. So they're definitely going to be sandbagging some of these. That's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, they are. They're basically like sandbagging some of these big movie releases to get maximum um, basically maximum ticket ticket sales, and who can blame them? That's right. I mean, I would imagine that uh, maybe we should try to have like a moody, movie uh, exec come on the podcast here and like add some validity to this. Oh, you'd be surprised. But I would imagine that every movie that gets made, they're trying to get at least three or four X. So if they spend half a, half a million, or I'm sorry, $500 million on it, they're probably trying to gross... Two billion in top line worldwide. Well, from sales. what I from what I understand from the past uh, Marvel movies, seven hundred. If they reach seven hundred, seven hundred fifty million, that's really good. Okay. And uh, but if they reach over a billion, I mean, hey, then that's what they really want. And the way Disney was a few years back, I mean, it must have been five movies in one year that reached a billion dollars. Oh I mean, wow! Yeah, it's crazy. It's never been done before. Two thousand nineteen was a really good year for movies. Um, but you know, leave us a comment and question on our YouTube page. Subscribe and hit that notification bell, uh, and let us hear your thoughts. 
Uh, here's a question for you since you wanted to see movies at home. Uh, should streaming movies come out the same day as they do when the movie is released in the theaters? No. Oh, okay. No. Interesting. No, now that we're going to be coming out of the pandemic, no, absolutely not. Make people get up out of their, get their asses out of the chairs and get to the movie theaters, <laughs> um, right? Because that's the whole point. The whole point of why movie theaters exist is because you can only see these films when they are initially released there. If you continue to give me the option to watch it at home, um, there is going to be a probability that I decide I just want to stay at home and watch it at home for whatever reason, safety, security, whatever. As you mentioned, if I have a big family or a bunch of friends over, we only have to pay 30 bucks and everybody can watch it as opposed to if we all have to go to the theater, now we have to each pay 10 or $15 a ticket to get in to see it, right? Um, so I think this was something that was had to happen during the pandemic. Uh, you know, you first that no theaters were open, so everything had to be on these plus channels. Okay, now theaters are starting to reopen again. So let's do a hybrid model where we release it in the theater and on the same day we'll still put it online for a little window of time. I think Mortal Kombat, you saw that, a few other films, yeah. right? This was a business marketing decision that was made by the theaters to try to compound the the amount of viewership and, and ticket sales that could take place. But as we continue to progress out of this pandemic type situation, absolutely not. Stop putting it on these plus channels. Make people go to the movie theaters. That's my vote. Interesting. Okay. Well, hey, I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, let's let's keep it going. Uh, remember, you can also find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google for this audio podcast. Um, all right. Let's go right into the B Block. <laughs> okay, so we already talked about the movie. Uh, it was, the movie was directed by Kate Shoreland, uh, who, who I was doing some digging. It looks like she's done like a lot of indie films. So I'm not too sure if this is like her first blockbuster. It seemed like it was. Uh, they have quite a few writers on here. Stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, and uh, David Harbour. My, uh, what are your thoughts about this movie? Well, kind of a broad question, but I mean, like, you sure. Know, did you like it? Did you? I mean, obviously you did like it, but I mean, like, did what did it do differently than maybe other Marvel movies? Okay. Well, uh, before I answer that, just heads up: if you haven't seen the movie yet, next this this segment right here, the show will probably be dropping some spoilers. I would imagine. Um, just in the context of some of the things we say. So, if you haven't seen it yet, just heads up. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Uh, we uh, just we hope we don't ruin it for you. Um, what did I like about the film? Well, I liked um, a number of things. I liked that the story was um, it was a very to me it was a very like robust storyline, right? Like it didn't just like kick off where Scarlett jo Scarlett Johansson's character is just boom dropped into a place and she's just fighting aliens and and whatever whatever, right? It actually gave like a background of her childhood and then it kind of ducktailed into how she got admitted into the black widow program and was essentially brainwashed um from her childhood like as she, along with all these other orphaned girls and they grew up in this controlled environment where they were force-fed um basically uh propaganda and different imagery and different things that made them 
um, kind of conform to this this one person's ideology of how they should live and how they should operate, so that they could eventually grow up and become these secret agent operatives. And the and the girls were kidnapped from all around the world. Yes. and drugged. Right, kind of got some human trafficking in there. <laughs> well, no, this the reason why Gino said this movie is not really for children is because I think this movie has definitely some undertones to it of some very um, important issues affecting the world today on a global level that some people don't necessarily want to either talk about or address or they don't know how to confront and address. And I think this was maybe the director's way of kind of trying to tie some of those things into like a Marvel Universe-themed picture and address them or, or talk about them or something of that nature. What would you say? Yeah, I think so. That's actually a really good way to put it. Um, maybe three thoughts on the film. That was one. But the most memorable and things that you would take away from it and maybe something that you didn't like. Yeah, I, excuse me. I, what I would say is three thoughts on the film. You know, like I said, great storyline, action-packed, definitely action-packed. Um, you know, one of the most memorable parts is the reveal of the main bad bad guy, if you will, uh, the enemy, uh, like Dragon. The, yeah, the main. Oh, we, oh we're no, no, task, no, no, no. Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Oh, yes, okay. the the big reveal of who Taskmaster is. That was that was that was a, kind of a shocking thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and star rating, I would give it. You know, what what are we going after? Five stars. Yeah, five five's good. Okay, I'll give it a I'll give it a four out of five. Yeah, I do the same. You know, the same because for me, five out of five is just, you know, hits on every cylinder, loved every single second of it, maybe even made me cry at one part or something like that. Right. That's like a five out of five film. Right. This movie didn't do that for me, but it but it gave me enough where I left the theater wanting more. It gave me enough where I left the theater theater feeling like that was worth my money. Yes. And it gave me enough where I thought like it it fit into the greater Marvel Universe storyline. Oh, and yeah. I really appreciated that. I thought it was like a Netflix Marvel show in a way because how gritty and how dark it was. Yes. That really stood out to me. Uh, just real quick, uh, going forward with MCU movies, okay, they're, they're starting to get into this wokeism. Okay, they have a lot of political things in this in this movie right in here. Um, and despite what anybody thinks or all that, like I want to know what you think real quick about going forward like Will will audiences embrace what they're talking about or will it kind of drop off? Because like you mentioned Taskmaster b- before, the, 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 the comic book nerds, fanboys were kind of like had some thoughts that maybe this could be a woman. And I had no problems it being a woman. But from what the little that I do know about Taskmaster, Taskmaster, uh, I thought that, geez, man, like here's another Marvel villain that was kind of thrown away that they could have done a lot more of hmm. uh and they they could have expanded on it but they didn't hmm. so will would do audiences in your opinion not care and then just keep throwing their money at marvel because these movies are so good and the and the stories and all that or will eventually they'll see through the lines and be like hey look i don't want your politics i know what you're trying to do and you know, no, let's let's j- just give me the story and the characters. Yeah, I got to go with option B, right? This is a marketing advertising podcast, and we're, we're bringing this up in the greater context of 
marketing, sales, advertising, all that kind of different stuff, right? And so basically for myself, what it boils down to it is I think people that watch these films, there's, a, there's, a, there's, you know, we here at AdSymbol, we talk a lot. Uh, we help our customers identify their target audience. Who is your target audience? What's their age range? Where do they come from? What percentage of it is male demographic, female demographic? What do they like to do? You know, the answer to all those questions can really help you pinpoint um, for your business who you're trying to advertise to to make more sales, to grow your bottom line. And so I think when you look at the Marvel Universe and the MCU and when they put these films out, I think they know their audience. And I think they're, the, the, the audience is going to... Um, well, let me think about. Let me see how I want to rephrase that. It's a pretty wide audience. It, it is a wide ranging <laughs> audience. It, it's a wide ranging audience, and so I think the MC, I think the directors of these films are gonna they're gonna be willing to take some chances at some stuff to see if it sticks mm. within within the boundaries, if you will, of who their target audience is. And I think a lot of people that like to go see these films. Are very they want the or they want the authentic connection to the comic book. Yes. Does that make sense? They don't want like I don't want to if I've been reading a Wolverine comic my whole life, and I know like something about his storyline. I don't want to find out in the movie version of Wolverine that he is something completely different. Like he likes ballet or something like that, right? <laughs> well, let me throw this at you. Because that would annoy me as a, as a hardcore Wolverine comic book fan. If I pay my money now to go see the Wolverine movie and they have him in ballet class. <laughs> see, you're laughing at that because you're, you're like, it's so inauthentic, right? I would just I would get up and I'd walk out of the theater. I'd be like, nope, I don't even want to accept this. This is stupid. This is not what I know about. So I think within the confines of the hardcore subscribers to the to the actual comic book universe itself the storyline itself i don't mind that the directors try to tie in modern day themes on certain things but i think the audience is going to be giving feedback loops to these directors like okay okay buddy we know what you're doing here you know let's let's not go too down far down that path because now you're going to veer it off of the authentic storyline so to your point if there's a particular character who all throughout the comic book series was a male, but they try to make it a female because that would be the 2021 acceptable thing to do, I think fans would revolt against that and be like, save your political statements. We want it to be a guy because the comic book, it was a guy. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, look, and just, my, to, that's give my some, opinion. And just to give some context to the, to the listeners, like, again, like have no problems with being a woman. Uh, I just wish that there was more story and more grit behind the character to make me want to like hate the character. But I actually kind of like like the like the aesthetics of the character, I mean like the way that the character fought. But then you know, and and going through everything else, I mean like we we saw in, in Loki that uh, Loki is now like bisexual. Um, we saw in uh, in Black Widow that. The four main or the four characters, the four prominent characters, apparently from comic book nerds, uh, aren't really the same characters. Uh, Red Guardian wasn't exactly the same in the comics. Uh, uh, Mayhem or or whatever her name was, wasn't the same in the comics. And then her sister wasn't the the same in the comics. So that was 
kind of disturbing to some people who are out there who are more big on the comic book fans um, or who are comic book fans. And, and so to your point, yeah, like there's a lot of like unrealistic that like, hey, wait, this was in the comics. I don't mind a little change, but you just completely took the story out of the comics that should have been in the movies, but was not. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fans will speak up at that and you'll see over time, probably less of those risk being taken by directors of these films. That's my own personal opinion. Yeah. Well, that was great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um... Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to OpenDisplay.com for a free account to get started. Uh, well, that was a great show. We never done something like that where we concentrated on just one thing throughout the entire program, right? And that's kind of that cool. Really, yeah, yeah, something that we really love. Little Marvel Easter movie. egg for episode forty-five. Exactly, exactly. Um, we want you to follow us online through social media at Ad Symbol on our YouTube page. Give us a like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, <laughs> I, this sound app thing is messed up right now to be notified about all future ad hero podcast premieres and as always don't forget to leave a comment or in question below and let us know your thoughts for inquiries and more information about outdoor advertising visit adsymbol.com find us online and with the podcast of all podcast platforms for the ad hero podcast thank you for tuning in to the ad hero podcast my name is Gino Giovanni and I'm Matthew Libieri. Signing out.